0: we've talked about this a lot since marijuana has been legalized, you know, people worried about crossing the border. What do I say at the border? And what do I say at the border? If I'm, you know, involved in the marijuana business, the cannabis business, it's legal now. So last week, Las Vegas hosted the marijuana business conference and expo. And it's the biggest of its kind in North America. So obviously it attracted a healthy amount of uh, cannabis enthusiasts that were Canadian. And one of them we're finding out is a cannabis investor, and he received a lifetime ban into the United States. You've heard him before on the show. His name is Len Saunders. He's an immigration lawyer based in the town of Blaine, Washington, which is just bordering on uh, Vancouver. And he's joining us again. Blaine, you represent this client. Or Len, rather, you represent this client. What happened?
1: Well, so what happened was was that basically um, CBP officers had determined that this uh, individual um, had investments and they're actually canadian investments not u.s investments but canadian investments and that canadian investment happened to have u.s holdings Um, it had holdings in a cannabis manufacturing facility in nevada where it's legal so what they did was they basically said that this individual canadian citizen was aiding and abetting the US drug industry, illegal drug industry, because of the investment in the Canadian cannabis market. If the investment had been strictly in Canada with no US holdings or involvements, he would have been fine. But because these investments crossed over the border into the United States, that's where the issue came up. And it's interesting because I fielded many calls over the last week uh, because of this convention in uh, Las Vegas, a lot of Canadians were questioned mm-hmm. at U.S. ports of entry, mostly airports, because a lot of people were flying there. And what I, what I learned later was that there was a memo that was issued um, through Homeland Security to all of the CBP officers at U.S. ports of entry to basically be on the lookout for Canadians traveling to this conference. Merely traveling to the conference does not make someone inadmissible to the United States. However, if people traveling to the conference are selling their goods or services from Canada or they have any involvement, you know, investments in the US cannabis industry, those people could be subject to lifetime bars and that's what's happened. And it's interesting because one of the calls I got was actually from a reporter from Toronto. And she was traveling through Pearson Airport last week on her way down to cover the um, Cannabis Convention just as a reporter. And she was interrogated, she told me, for three or four hours. Um, They went through her cell phone to see whether, you know, what she was saying was true. Because I guess they wanted to make sure she wasn't making any money or had any involvement with the U.S. cannabis industry. She was eventually admitted and allowed to attend the conference. But it was funny because she said, you know, was this because of the Jim Acosta um, media issue in Washington, D.C.? Is that why they are going after reporters at the border? And I said, no. I said, this was kind of like a dragnet that I think the Americans did last week on people who are traveling directly to Las Vegas. Uh, and they questioned many, many people. It's interesting because I've actually got a relative in the lower mainland of British Columbia um, who's Canadian, who has invested in the U.S. cannabis industry. And we've had these discussions over the last year because he's concerned if he's asked these questions on what to say and what not to say because he's informed of of the problem. And what he did, because I called him after uh, a lot of these cases came up and I asked him if he attended the conference, and he actually did. And I asked him if he was questioned at the border, uh, traveling down there. And he said what he did, and I've heard a lot of people doing this recently, he flew to Palm Springs first. He's got a winter home down there. Mm. He flew Vancouver to Palm Springs, and then Palm Springs, he made his way over to Las Vegas. So a lot of people, I think what they're doing is they're, they're starting to be savvy. So rather than, you know, freely giving up information or or being profiled at the border because maybe they're wearing like a cannabis shirt because they work for a Canadian cannabis company or they have a direct flight to Las Vegas. What they're now doing is they're trying to kind of downplay where they're going or what they do so that they don't get questioned because they don't question every single person entering the U.S. But apparently when there's a major cannabis conference in Las Vegas, that gets their interest and they start questioning many people.
0: Sure, and I understand that the US Customs and Border Protection, they walked back their earlier statement saying that if you worked in the cannabis industry, you could be deemed inadmissible to the US. Later they said, well, if you're traveling to the US for for reasons unrelated to marijuana, then you'll be admissible. So if you're not if you're going for business and eh, if you're going for pleasure, it's all good. But of course, a convention arguably that's going for business. So I can see why people wanted to work around it. Now, back to this guy who's been issued a lifetime entry ban into the United States. We've spoken with you before. We know that you have ways to get around that. Len, this involves uh, filing papers and a waiver every time you want to go to the States. Is that correct? Well,
1: exactly. So anyone who has a lifetime bar, whether it's you know a prior criminal conviction or an immigration violation... What they have to do is they have to basically pay $585. So that is the filing fee payable to the U.S. government, so $585. Uh, Waivers are issued only for a finite period. They're not issued uh, permanently. So um, people get anywhere from one to a five-year waiver. In most situations, individuals get a one-year waiver and then either a two or a three and then eventually a five. So I say to clients, new clients who have to apply for waivers, I say, the bad news is you'll need a waiver for the rest of your life. The good news is you'll get to know me really well. we become very good friends. I'm, I'm sure. Sure. Waiver clients, birthday parties, sure. and weddings, and because I never close the file. The file is always open because the person always has to renew their waiver. So it's a lifetime ban. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can get a waiver. Yes, most of them get approved. Um, they're not that difficult to do. Um, It does take some time. It takes a month or two to put them together, and then once it gets submitted at a U.S. port of entry, it takes anywhere from four to six months to get a decision. The problem is if you're involved with the cannabis industry, if you get a waiver approved and you go to the border and you still have that involvement, they're just going to take it away. So people who are barred permanently because of involvement in the U.S. cannabis industry, I tell them, If you go back to the border and you still have that investment after I get your waiver approved, you will lose that waiver. So I'm telling people you need to divest yourself from that industry or if you're a business person and you're selling your goods or services – what you need to do is you need to stop doing that. Otherwise, you'll just be denied again.
0: You had actually suggested to Chris, who is setting up the producer of the show, who is setting up this interview earlier on today, you were talking to him and you suggested that maybe the government should be picking up the tab for these waivers because they've told Canadians when you go to the border, be honest.
1: Absolutely. So Ralph Goodale, Bill Blair, and a number of other um, federal ministers have publicly said Canadians need to tell the truth at the border. They've been saying this for a year or two. I think that is absolutely bad advice. I'm not telling people to lie, but if you tell the truth and you're involved with the US cannabis industry, you're self-incriminating yourself, and what they will do is you will be barred for life.
0: But what do you if do, you Len? Lie? Do you like, uh, I forgot, whoops, I just realized, I forgot my wallet in the bathroom. I, I'll be right back. Well, I mean- What
1: happens is if you are asked these questions, I tell Canadians what their rights are. Your rights at the U.S. border is to say nothing. It's better to say nothing, to politely, basically refuse to answer the question, or ask for your application for admission to be withdrawn and go back to Canada. Yes, you'll be denied entry if you don't cooperate. Yes. You can go back another day and, and and seek admission, and hopefully these issues won't come up. But at least you won't get the lifetime bar. It's a lifetime bar that when people get them, they, they, they're shocked.
0: They're but like, Lynn, I can't believe this. W- wouldn't they flag you?
1: Well, so you will be flagged, but most officers aren't zealously trying to enforce obscure immigration laws. Yes, they have every right to do it. Yes, it's their job. But a lot of officers, if you go back a different day or a different port of entry— will probably admit you, and you're probably not going to the cannabis convention in Vegas if you're going a week or two later. So I tell clients, the best advice for me to give you is to tell you what your rights are. So if you take the advice of the Canadian government and you admit that you're involved in the industry and you receive a lifetime bar, I'd like to see the Canadian government pay for that waiver. They have offered to pay for pardons for Canadians who have old cannabis convictions. So if they're offering to pay for pardons, how about paying for U.S. waivers for Canadians who take that advice from the Canadian government and answer answer truthfully and incriminate themselves to cannabis involvement?
0: Len, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for sparing us some time this afternoon.
1: Have a great day. Thank you very much.